your seats. Ah, so good to be in God's house this morning, isn't it? There is so much to celebrate and be grateful for, as Matt has shared with us this morning. So I've got a little message for you. We're in a series called the I Will series. And Pastor Barry kicked us off with I Will Fight For You. That was a fantastic message. And Pastor Stuart Costics last week gave us a message entitled I Will Be A Person Of Hope. So what is the I Will going to be today? It is going to be I Will Do A New Thing. I Will Do A New Thing. And I hope you're expectant, church, because I'm feeling very stirred this morning with a message that God has placed on my heart, because God is going to do a new thing. He will do a new thing. So to kick this off, we're gathered in church this morning, and I want you to imagine you're at a wedding. Love a wedding, don't we, people? We love a wedding. So we're at the wedding of Mary and George. If there are any single people in the house today called Mary and George, this is not prophetic. I'm not getting you matchmaking, you know, here in church. So I've tried to choose two names that are not in church unless people think, yes, I'm going to get married next week. We're at a wedding and George has just said his vows and now it's the turn for Mary. So the vicar says to Mary, do you, Mary, take George to be your husband, to happen to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and cherish Till death you do part, according to God's holy law in the presence of God. And at that moment, as a congregation, as family and friends of Mary were expecting her to say two words. We hope she doesn't say, I might. We hope she doesn't say, I can't. The words we are looking for is, I will. And as soon as she says, I will, then they're joined together in holy matrimony and we all go out and have the party. But we are waiting for, front row, we are waiting for the words, I will, because the words, I will, carry weight. Because I will is a vow, it's a promise, it's a covenant. And so I want to assure you of something this morning. When God says in his word, I will, it's a promise, it's a covenant to his people. It carries weight. You can bank on his I will. And all through the word of God, he says, I will. So when he says, I will do a new thing, I will do a new thing. You can bank on it. He's going to do a new thing. And so we're going to have a little journey this morning. You ready for a journey? Cool. So I want to take you back to the Israelites. And I want to take you back to when they're in captivity in Egypt. And they were preparing to be taken out of Egypt and through to the promised land. They were in slavery. They were under a horrible oppression by Pharaoh. And God, through the leader Moses at the time, said, I will bring you out of Egypt and I will take you through to the promised land. And he promised them several things. So we're going to look at Exodus 6, verses 6 to 8. He's speaking to Moses and this is to the Israelites. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the Lord I swore, land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. I will bring you out. I will bring you out of slavery. 
I will take you as my people. I will bring you to the land. I will give it to you as a possession. This was God's promise. It's a covenant promise to his people, the Israelites. I will do this for you. And so we know, as scripture tells us, that they came out of Egypt and God, through miraculous power, parted the Red Sea and they walked over unharmed out of Egypt and through to the promised land. But we know the story doesn't end there because why? The Israelites were people just like you and me. And what happens is they break their covenant with God. They mess up and they sin. They're a bit like Mary on the wedding day. There was an I might instead of an I will. And they fall short of what God had for them. They broke covenant. They broke promise. They turned away from God. They complained. They went back to the old way of doing things. And yet God in his absolute mercy and his grace decides to step in again to their situation. Because by now they're captive in Babylon. They are exiled out of their land and they're held again by more oppressors. They're held in slavery again. They're not in the promised land. And there they are in their desperation. And all through the book of Isaiah, particularly in Isaiah 43, we see how God says, I will step in again to your situation. I will break off the yoke of slavery. I will bring you out into the promised land. I will step in again. Yes, you've messed up. Yes, you've broken my laws. Yes, you've turned your back on me. But I am God and I am the redeemer and I will restore you and I'll redeem you and bring you into the promises I have for you. Is anyone grateful this morning that that same power and the same God is for today? It's the same God. And so as we start to read the beginning of Isaiah 43, it talks about, it's actually headed up the Redeemer because it's about God's redemption plan for the Israelites. And it's two verses that I'm really going to home in on today. So I hope as your homework, you will learn these verses. So Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is declaring, I will do a new thing. God is declaring today, I will do a new thing in you. It's not the old thing, it's a new thing. And we've got to stop looking for the old thing in the new thing because it's a new thing and it's brand new. When you've got something brand new, you don't want to go back to what was old. You want to keep in the brand new. And God is saying, doing a brand new thing, church. Are you aware? Can you perceive it? Can you hear it with the eyes of faith this morning, with the heart of faith? God wants to do a new thing with you. Behold, I do a new thing. I will do a new thing. I have a plan and I have a way out of this, Israelites, but it's not going to be like before. There's no Red Sea here to part. We're in a desert. It's different. It's going to be new. And he gave them a specific instruction with verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Don't remember what's gone before. You see, of course, the Israelites would have remembered before. They would have remembered the hardship of, the Egypt, of Egypt, of Pharaoh. They would remember the slavery. They would remember the hard times. They would remember the death. They would remember the poverty. They would remember all the disappointment and the things that happened. But he's saying, do not 
Forget, remember, forget the past. Do not remember the former things. You've got to come out of that mindset in order to get into the new mindset. What happened before, but also there might have been that lure of the good old days. Because who knows, there's always the good old days, isn't there? There's nostalgia for the good old days. And maybe a bit like they did with the Egyptians when they were coming out of Egypt into the promised land. They're like, oh, we're better back in Egypt. You know, what's this? Waiting for manna to fall from heaven. And they moaned and complained. We're better off where we were, the place that we hated. But nostalgia does that, doesn't it? Good old nostalgia. Oh, 10 years ago. Oh, it was so much better. And it reminds me growing up uh, about music with my dad. Because when we grew up, we grew up on the Beatles, people. The Beatles were the best band ever. We grew up on all of those songs. I won't sing for you, praise the Lord. But we grew up on that. My dad's still fanatical about the Beatles. The boys, the beats, the best music ever. And of course we grew up with that. But then it came to the 90s when I got into music. And do you know what it was? Take that, people. <laughs> love a bit of take that it was like my era of music and then it was house music proper house music I oh you can't laugh that loud on the front row this morning but it was the music and the thing is when we hear one of the tunes played back from the 90s when we used to go out dancing and stuff like that me and Dan look at each other and then it's this tune tune but then do you know what I hear on the radio these days I hear a lot of stuff from the 90s is remixed for 2022 and I'm like, I know that tune. And my girl's like, Mom, how do you know that tune? I'm like, I was just a remix of before. I know that back in the day. And now with my girls, it's Ariana Grande. When I first heard that name, I thought it was a new drink of Costa. I'll go and have an Ariana Grande. I was like, what is this? They're into all this stuff, you know. But, but there's something about your era of music. It'll always be the best music, won't it? It'll be like, no, for some people, it'll be the 80s. Some people, it'll be the 90s. Joshy and the crew, it'll be what's happening now. It'll be like, oh, that's the best music. Because that's what we do, because it's nostalgia. It's part of where we were at the time when we heard those songs. The first song that we danced to when we were going out together. It's all that, it floods back with nostalgia, doesn't it? But just like now, they remix the 90s music for now. God is not doing a remix for the new thing. Because he's doing a brand new thing. A brand new thing. And when it's new, it's unfamiliar because you haven't experienced it before. When it's new, it's new. And God wants to do a new thing with you, not an add-on to what you've been through now, this far in your walk with him, in your ministry, in your job, in your family. No, he wants to do something brand new. And so he's saying, church, you've got to have eyes to see it, eyes to see the new that I want to do in you. That rhymes. Maybe I could do a little bit of, you know, rap or something. <laughs> Maybe not. But God is up to a new thing. But the good thing that we should remember is the faithfulness of God. You see, he says to them, forget the former thing. Don't look back at the past, but you've got to remember the faithfulness of God. And there are people in this room, you need to hear this. Do you know, if God was faithful to do it then, he's going to do it now. If he did it before, he can do it again. God is up to something new and we've got to remember the faithfulness of it. You know, when you've got in that situation and it seems like there's no way out and there's no hope, but you know that five years ago when there was no way out and there was no hope, he got you through it. So if he can do it then, he can do it now. And if he did it for the Israelites, he can do it for you today in Colchester in 2022. God is saying, I've got a new thing. I'm taking you to a new place, people. Are you going to dream again? Are you going to believe again? Are you going to believe that my promise is I will do a new thing holds weight and carries weight now? It's not a remix, people. It's a brand new thing for today. We can bank on his I will. And I know God is up to something. 
you know, in his church, corporately, in the church around the world, in you as an individual today, God is saying, I want to do a new thing. You've not seen it before. So when it comes, don't dismiss it because it's a new thing. When I change the direction of your life, don't think, oh, hold on, that's not familiar. I'm not comfortable with that, so I'll just stay where I am. No, we've got to step out into the new thing. Because behold, I do a new thing. And he wants to do a new thing with his church. We've not seen it all yet. We haven't experienced it all yet. But yeah, the good old days. Do you remember the outpouring back then, you know, back in the 90s? Do you remember what he did, you know, five years ago? Yeah, I remember that. But I'm looking forward to what he's going to do in the future. Because behold, I do a new thing. We've got to remember the faithfulness. But we've got to step into the new and be willing to see what he's up to. And join him and partner with him in that. You know, the Israelites found themselves in captivity under this Babylonian rule. It was horrible for them. They were desperate. And of course, God shows up and says, I'll make a way through the wilderness. I'll make streams of living water through a desert. And as we know, in the natural, you don't see that in deserts. But God supernaturally will provide streams of living water, a way out, a road out when it seems impossible, because that's what God can do. But they were captive literally in that way. But I wonder how many of us are captive today. How many of us have gone back to the old habits that's kept us contained? Some of us are going through horrendous things in our mind, depression, anxiety. Many of us who are stuck in a situation, in a relationship, and we don't know whether to move forwards or to move backwards. Or we're stuck in that same old job situation that year after year after year, it's the same old, same old. And we're stuck and we can feel captive. Or in our walk with God, we feel like we get only so far and how can I break through to the next thing? And we feel captive. I have good news today. Behold, I will do a new thing. I want to release you from captivity, says God. I want to take you out of that place that's contained you, the ceiling that has blocked you and kept you at this level. I want to break you out of that. Because stop, keep looking back at what's happened and the before and the past and move forward into what I've got for you now. Because I want to do a new thing in you, in your life, that you're important to God and he's got something new for you. Be saying, trust me with this and follow where I'm going to take you in this. Isaiah 43, 19, I want to remind you again. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? It will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. To obtain the new, we have to let go of the old and we have to make a choice to change. This is where we've come to this far. We're going to say, God, I want to go with you into the new. I want you to do a new thing in my life, in my walk with you. I want you to do a new thing in my family, in my church. God, I'm choosing to change. And we have to change. And the biggest thing that we have to change is our minds. It's the way we think. Because the way we think out of what what we think is then what we go and do. We think something, I'm going to walk over here, therefore I walk over here. Where we think, we will follow. And we have to renew our minds and we have to change our mindsets. Get our minds out of the old, out of the nostalgia, out of how bad it was. And I can't possibly move forward because I'm so bound by how bad it was before. And we need to say, I'm going to choose and change my mindset to trust you, God, in the new thing. The Israelites had to do that. They'd say, okay, here we go again. And they had to follow God into the new. It wasn't the same as before because it's a new thing. I want you to get that this morning. 
We have to get out of our comfort zones, our limitations, our mindsets, and decide, okay, God, this is scary because I'm stepping into something new, but I'm going to trust you. And as I trust you, I know that you're only about blessing my life and leading me forward. God is never in your yesterday, but he's always in your tomorrow because God is always doing a new thing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he's always up to something new. And you've got to trust him and go with him. It's interesting in Luke 5, we're going to look at two verses in Luke 5, 37 and 39. And this is when Jesus was at a party at Levi's house. And they're having a proper party there. He was with his disciples and the Pharisees were there. And the Pharisees, who always represent old mindsets and old religion, they were all about the law and of the mind and they were so set in their ways. They come and they try to trip Jesus up as they always did. They all, like, you just wouldn't mess with Jesus, would you? You think, no, he knows it all. Why would you try? But of course they did. They didn't realize who he was. And they tried to trip him up by saying, John the Baptist had all these um, disciples and they always fasted but look at your disciples they are feasting here on all this food and they are not fasting and they tried to trip him up with why but this is how Jesus answers and no one pours new wine into old wine skins otherwise the new wine will burst the skins the wine will run out of the wine skins and be ruined no new wine must be poured into new wine skins and no one after drinking old wine wants the new for they say the old is better and I had to do a little bit of scientific research in here. Brownie points for the science teacher at the front here. But this means, the reason is, the wine skins back in that day were made out of animal skins. And they used to pour the wine into the animal skins. And as they go in the skin, the wine starts to ferment. And then the skin stretches and it expands. So that's the old wine is contained in those wine skins. You then pour the old wine out and you tip in new wine. Because of the chemical reaction in the new wine, the wine skins will just burst. They can't contain the new because it will not allow them to because of the stretching of the skin. Is that right, Io? Give me a thumbs up. Thank you. <laughs> to do with the chemical chains. I'm going to get amino acids into a preach just, just for the sake of it, you know. I don't know. There we go. <laughs> So that's what happens. So they cannot contain the new wine. So they will just burst. And nobody wants to drink it because it's ruined. And you know what we do, though, in our lives? We try to put the new into the old. And it's just not going to work. And then we're like, oh, that wasn't new. But it's because we had the old mindset with the old, trying to accept the new into our lives. And then we just went backwards again. But new means new, church. God wants to do a new thing. We want to have new wine. You know, you can't have new wine with old minds. You've got to change your mind to the new of what God wants to do. Yes, your life up to a certain point might have been this, that or the other. You might look back with nostalgia. That was amazing. How can it possibly get better? You might look back and think, oh, it's been a bumpy old road. It's only going to get worse. But God is saying today, get new wine for your new mind and follow me. I'm doing a new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. And we need to stretch beyond our comfort, not so that we burst, but so that we are pliable for the new anointing that God wants to put within us. So we're not going to burst like those wine skins. We're going to say, no, I'm going to take the new because God has got a new anointing for you. Every single one of us, God wants to anoint us afresh today to move forward in all he's called us to be. Aren't we changing from glory to glory to be more like Jesus? You know, he's got something new for you today. But you need to let go of the past, even if it's comfortable. You need to let go of the past season. You need to change your mindset and move into the new season. In Romans 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. We've got to renew our thinking. The Bible's so clear on that. We need to every day say, I want to put on the mind of Christ. God, show me how to think like you think. Not step back into my old way of thinking. Not in the way that the world causes us to think. Not in, in those ways, but in the way God is causing us to think. And when we know that God loves us and is always for us, and he wants to do a new thing in us, we can renew our minds and say, yeah, God, I'm going to keep my mind and my eyes on you. Because I know you're doing something new. Because you're always up to something new in my life. I want to stretch our minds and our hearts this morning to contain more of the glory of God for our lives. He wants to do great stuff with us, church, individually and as a church, and the church en masse. God is up to something. We're his bride. He's up to something. But we've got to let go of the old mindsets. And sometimes that's really uncomfortable, but it's worth it. We've got to move into something new. I want to illustrate this with a story for you because I do love a story and a preach. But it's how I had to change my mindset over the summer. And this was, um, we had a staycation and we went and did loads of lovely days out. And one of the days out was a theme park. And if anybody knows me well, I do not like theme parks. I really, really dislike roller coasters. It's so not my bag. I know for some people, you absolutely love them and you're like, brilliant. For me, I really, really don't like them. But I have a husband who loves them and two girls who love them. So I'm like, I'm going to push through something. So we turned up at... Um, Pleasurewood Hills, Woody the Bear, went there for the day. And, and something happens to me when I get there. I, I look at these roller coasters. And, I, oh, even then, sweaty palms. Honestly, if anyone's like me, you'll know what I mean. The heart starts going. And it's just the height and the speed of them. I'm like, why, why do people pay to do this? And realize I'd bought a ticket, hadn't I? And I'm like, and I'm normally, I'll hold the coats. But all the way in the car there, my children have been like, oh, please, mum, you've got to come on them. Oh, just try your best. Will you come on them? I'm like, oh, I'll do the carousel. But, you know, <laughs> these roller coasters. And these are not even the big ones. I mean, you know, Alton Towers. It's like, no thanks. But I'd made this decision in my mind. I want to try. I just want to do it for my kids and to overcome something as well. I can do it. So we queue up for this one roller coaster. In my mind, it's like the biggest one in the world, you know. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. So we're in the queue. And I'm like, oh, it's all people behind me. There's five-year-olds behind me. I'm like, can I back out now? I was like, yes, I can. I'm not worried about pride. I'm going to back out. But Dan was like, you can do it. And we knew this series was coming. And Barry had spoken to me the week before about it. And we're just about to get on. There's four people in front of us. And we're the next cart. And Dan's like, I'll sit with you. The girls can sit in front of us. And I, he's like, I'll hold your hand. The only way I can do it is to close my eyes the whole way around, by the way, as well. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. And I was thinking, okay, I've got to do it. And Dan leaned over to me and went, I will. The new series at church, I will. I will ride the roller coaster. And I was like, oh, you're just so mean. And I thought, oh, I've got to do it now, haven't I? So I was like, okay. So we got on it and we sat down. And then when they put the clamp thing over you, oh, it's then it starts, you see. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to do what I'm doing. I want to get off. No. And I'm like, come on. And I just really felt Holy Spirit, come on, you can do it. I'm with you. You can do it. So I sit there. So the only way I could do it, like I said, is close my eyes. So I close my eyes, hold my hand. And the whole way around, Dan was brilliant because it was quite a sort of like, dun, 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 up. it was horrible. Well, thinking about it, pray for me. Anyway. So we got in it, so he'd be like, okay, left turn coming up now, right, and now we're going to go up, and now we're going down, it's steep now, not too bad, one more way around. He talked me through the whole thing, because otherwise you're all over the place, you don't know to turn, do you? And I disliked every minute of it, is the truth, <laughs> and um, I was so glad when it was over. But then that day, something happened, something changed in me, because I'd got out of my comfort zone, I'd moved into something new, and I thought, okay, I'm going to do the next one. 
Then we went on the log flume. Then we're on this next. I was like, this is great. Something changed. Didn't like any of it, but just, just carried on with it. And then we got on the last ride of the day, which was called, I think it was the mouse run or something. And it was this roller coaster. Anyway, you normally go around twice. But they said, oh, last ride of the day, and one more time. And we went round one more time. I was like, that point, I was like, I've had enough now. But, but I did it because I had to step out into something and I had to say, okay, I can do this. I prayed Psalm 23 the whole way around that roller coaster. I really did. I declared it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Even though I go through the roller coasters at Pleasurewood Hills, your staff and your rod protect me. But it was something I had to overcome. And just as have, we have to do that in the natural, we can do that spiritually. We can say, okay, God, I'm going to overcome this stuff. I'm going to not keep looking back at the past. I'm not going to keep looking back what's contained me, the stuff that's held me, and I'm going to move forward into what you've got for me for the future because I know you will do a new thing in me. But I have to change my mind and I have to be willing to let go of what's gone before and step into something new. Are you willing to do that this morning, church? You're willing to step into something new so God can get some more glory out of your life. God can do more things with you. He's got higher heights to take you to. He's got deeper places for you to go with him and he's calling you out so Isaiah 43 verse 19 behold I will do a new thing now it shall spring forth shall you not know it I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert and often I think we believe God for a new thing and we pray for the new thing We're asking for breakthrough in our lives, in our situations. We're asking, God, would you do a new thing in my walk with you? Father, would you do a new thing in my ministry? Because every single one of you has a ministry. Will you do a new thing in my family, in my relationships? And we don't see it. And we pray it and we don't see it. But I want to tell you something. When you sow a seed into the ground, you do not see anything happening. But underneath, that word there, spring forth, is happening. Because as soon as a seed is planted, it starts to grow. And the seed will spring forth and the plant will come through the ground. And when you're looking at the ground, you think nothing's happening. And you're looking down, nothing's going on here, nothing's changing. You're preaching about a new thing, but I don't see a new thing. But when, I want you to know today that God is always working. That in the soil is where the plant is growing. In the soil is when the seed is springing forward and you don't always see it, but then you will see it and one day you'll look out and you start to see that little bud just push through the soil and then it grows into the flower. And you'll see that and God is always at work. God is always working behind the scenes. God is always doing a new thing. And God is doing that in your life already. He's getting you ready for something, church. You're on the edge of something. You're going to see the new in your life. But you've got to trust him that he is always behind the scenes and he's always doing things on your behalf. God is always there. You might not have seen the answer to prayer yet, but it will spring forth because God's doing a new thing. The seed will come through. But we have to have expectancy in God. We have to have expectancy that God is going to do a new thing and we have to see things with the eyes of faith because often we do see things with our natural eyes. Go out to the garden, there's nothing there, but something is happening under the soil. We've got to see with the eyes of faith. We've got to be expecting for what God is doing in this new thing. And it starts with us just saying, okay, God, I'm going to be pliable in your hand. God, you do a new thing in my life, I'm going to trust you with that. Maybe we need to even pray that, God, do a new thing in me and through me. God, I don't want to be on the glories of the old days. I don't want to be, oh, back in the day. I want to be looking forward to the future of what you want to do in my life today. God is doing a new thing in his church. You know, since lockdown, how much has the church on mass changed? 
There's been so many changes to the church, the, the whole church. I'm talking about the function of the church. God is trying to get his church's attention. God wants to do a new thing in his church. God doesn't want to give us old wine. He wants to give us new wine for a new season. But do you know what we do as the church? <laughs> we try to put the new wine into the old style. And God's saying, no, I'm not in the old style anymore. I'm in the new style. I'm in the new place. And I want you to do church like this. And I want you to function like this in my church. I want you to shine brighter than you've ever shone before. I'm going to show you new direction. I'm going to show you new structure. There's going to be a new sound coming from the church. It's all about the new, and we need to be in that presence of God and praying and asking, what does the new look like, so that we can be part of the new. God has got something new for each and every one of us. You know, if you're in church today, and this is your church, or whatever church you're from, you're a building brick in the church. God is using you to build his church. We're all part of that. Each of us have been given gifts and talents. Each of us can serve. There's so much that we can do in the church to build the church, the new church that God wants to build. And it's like all hands on deck. We're building this together for his glory. I will build my church, another I will that God says. But we get to co-labor in the building of the house of God. Isn't that so amazing? And he's saying, come on, I want to do something new with your gift. Yeah, you've used your gift to this point, but there's something new for you. Yeah, you've got a new ministry coming. Yeah, stop keep going on the old stuff. That was last season. We don't want to be so last season. We want to be in the new season of what God has for us. I've got something new for you. And it's time for you to move forward into the new. There's a new calling on us. And you know, we're building for the future. We're building for legacy, aren't we? We're building for children and our children's children in this house. We're building something not just for us. It's about other people. And you know, whatever you do in church and you're using your gift and your ministry and your serving, somebody is always watching you. You're an example to someone. Somebody's always seeing what you do or what you don't do in church. And somebody's always following in your footsteps. And we want to be the kind of people that are using our gifts and our talents and the things that God has given us so that we can bring about the new in church and that somebody else will be inspired. Somebody else will be like, yeah, I, I just see the musicians this morning and, and I want to worship God like that. There are people in this house that are, you're being inspired by the worship team this morning. There are people that are being inside, but I want to pray like that. I want to get that depth and that faith and that power in my prayer. Well, come on. Will you pray out the new prayers that God's got for today so that somebody can be stirred up to pray like that? Come on. We're all here to champion one another to bring about the new church, aren't we? It's about togetherness in the house of God. I want to look at this in the, in, um, the form of Elijah and Elisha. And I often go to them in Scripture because I think there's such great examples there. And I want to look at the point where Elijah has got to the end of his ministry. And God has said to him, you need to go and anoint Elisha. He's going to be your predecessor. He's going to be your trainee. You need to show him all the ways of the prophet and how to serve me. And so he says, you need to go and find Elisha and anoint him. And so we're going to pick up the story when Elijah does that. He goes to find Elisha. And I want to unpack this in 1 Kings 19, verse 19. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. So here is Elisha, and he's just getting on with the daily work of running the farm, and he's got his 12 yoke of oxen, and he's plowing the fields, and he's sowing the seed. I want to sing that farmer song now. I can't go into that, how the farmer sows the seeds. But there he is, and he's plowing the field. 
And Elijah knows that he's the one that is going to be his predecessor. And so he comes up to him. So imagine this is you in your everyday, whatever you're doing on a Monday. And Elijah, the old prophet, comes up to you and he throws his cloak on you. And he's like, you're the one. You're in your new season. You're the one. Would you be a bit like, okay, someone's just come into my office and thrown their coat on top of me. What is going on? But it represented so much more than that. You see, Elijah was saying, God has chosen you. You're the next prophet to the nation of Israel. And this is my cloak. And this cloak represents my anointing, my mantle, the role that I have as prophet. And I'm throwing it on you because I'm saying this is the weight of my ministry. This is what is coming to you. This cloak has been with me when I fled from Ahab and Jezebel. This cloak was with me when I saw the presence of God come on the mountain and I covered it over when I could see God's light come. This cloak has been with me in the highs and the lows of ministry as a prophet to to Israel when I was on a high of, yes, the people are getting it, and on on a low of, I'm scared stiff from my life. This represents my mantle. And he came up to Elisha and said, now it's your turn. It's a new season for you. So what does Elisha do in that moment? What is his reaction? He's just getting on about his business. He probably heard of Elijah. He was a prophet at the time. But he was on his mum and dad's farm and he was sowing the field. He'd got his oxen. They'd got food. They'd got provision. He'd got his life. He was busy about his business. But then comes the prophet and says, now it's your turn. It's a new season for you. And this is what happens. His response in 1 Kings 19, 20 to 21. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I'll come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and he gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and it became his servant. And there's so much in there. It's that first thing of, he ran after Elijah and it's like, Okay, I can see the calling on my life and I can see what you've got for me, but um, there's my mum and dad and, and there's my field and there's my oxen and there's my business and this is my life at the moment. And so Elijah's like, oh, what have I done to him? And he almost had that moment of thinking, well, yeah, I've heard God, but is this too much for this guy? But he said to him, okay, go back to your mum and dad. But he doesn't go back to stay in the past season. He doesn't go back to stay at the farm and on the field. He goes back to kiss them goodbye. He's saying goodbye to that season of my life. You know, it's been good up to this point, but I'm not going to stay there. And he does something very significant. He slaughters all the oxen and he spreads out the meat amongst the villagers. They got to have a feast that day, but then he burnt the plow, the plow that represented the past, the past job that he had, the past season he'd been in, the past life. And he burnt it. He couldn't go back then to work the old way. He couldn't step back into that role because he didn't have the oxen and he didn't have the equipment. But he made a choice to say, I'm leaving what's comfortable. I'm leaving this life. This is what I thought it would be like, but I'm making a choice to go into the new. And it's unknown and it's scary because I don't know what it means to be a prophet. But I'm going to follow you, Elijah. I'm going to serve you and I'm going to tend to you and I'm going to glean from you. And I'm going to understand what it means to be a prophet to the nation because if God has called me, I want to have a yes in my heart. Church, have you got a yes in your heart for the new that God has for you? Have you got a yes in your heart? Yeah, it might have been great back then, or it might have been bad back then, but God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. Behold, I want to do a new thing in your life. Take off the limitations. Take off the stuff that you've said, I can only go this far. I can't go any further. That God, I can't. I haven't got the resource. I haven't got the ministry. I haven't got the ability. I haven't got the time. God, I've got something new for you. But will you just follow me? Will you step out of the old and step into the new? Serve and follow me.
It's time to embrace the future. Elisha was moving into the new. We've got to get let go of our past. I believe there's some plows to burn this morning. There's some stuff in our lives that represents the old. Sometimes we're clinging on to the old season. You know, sometimes you see this with people who've been very good in their field, say at football, and they've retired from football, but they just can't let it go. And they want to keep going back. They want to keep playing and they keep getting injured because they're not as good as they used to be. And they want to hang on to the glory days of when we won the cup and the glory days of that. But isn't it sad, really, when you think, okay, you did all that and you achieved all that, but there's something for your future. Could you go to an academy and train young boys that want to be just like you? Could you go and sew into people's future and say, okay, yeah, I was brilliant back in the day, but you're going to be brilliant in the future because we want to train one another. Each one of us is leading somebody. Each one of us, somebody is looking up to and you're an inspiration and you're saying, come on, you can even go further than me. We've got to have that mindset for the church to grow and keep going forward. But it doesn't mean we're redundant. It means God's saying, I've got a new thing for you. It's a new thing. Stop hanging on to the past and move forward into the new because the future is better than the past. I've got great things. There's more glory to be had. There's more breakthrough to come. There's more chains that be broken. There's more salvation to come. But you've got to let go of what you're holding on to. You've got to burn the plow and move into the new season. God is saying, come on, I've got something new for you. Yes, it hurt. Yes, it was hard. Yes, it nearly killed you. But God is saying, there's something for you tomorrow, church. But you've got to step into the new with me. It's a new season. Draw a line in the sand and move forward. I will make rivers of living water through the wilderness. I'll make a way for you. There's something new. And this is not just words, because as I told you at the beginning, when God says, I will, it's his promise. I will do a new thing for you. And everyone's included under the sound of my voice. God is saying, it's a new thing and a new season step into it step into it it's better than before step into it and just like with Elisha he went on to do double the amount of miracles Elijah did he went on to get a double portion and before Elijah was transported to heaven he said to him Elisha is there anything I can do for you before I go because I know my time is short and I'm about to go and he says well I want to receive a double mantle and a double portion of what you have he said well you've asked for a hard thing but if when I'm taken to heaven you see my cloak fall down and you grab my cloak that will be the confirmation that you will receive double and what happened as the heavens opened and Elijah was ascended to heaven to be with God his cloak came down and Elisha took it and it represented that double portion it represented the more for the future and look what he went on to do as we look through the Bible we see that he was a great prophet to Israel and he did double the amount of miracles are you ready to embrace the new church? Is there some stuff this morning as I've been sharing this message where you know you've got to let go of it? Whether it was good or bad, those good old days. <laughs> we don't want a remix. We want a new thing. God is saying, I've got a new thing for you. But you've got to change your mindset. You've got to make a decision to move forward and to leave it. And yeah, it's uncharted water. And yeah, it's scary. And yeah, we haven't been there before. But if God's there, that's where I want to be. And that's where you want to be. That I'll go where you go. I want to be where you are. I want to be in the new thing. I don't want to be stuck in the past way of doing things in my own life and as corporately as the church. Because behold, I do a new thing. I'd love for you to stand this morning, church, and I'd love to pray this in.
Let's have our moment with the Lord now. However you want to do it, you want to close your eyes, you want to lift your hands, you want to kneel, you want to stand. Let's pray this thing. that you've got a call on your church this morning to step into the new. Father, I want to pray for every heart today that's been stirred by this message. That everybody here would make a response to say, I want to step into the new this morning. Father God, that you would come and you'd renew minds and you'd change mindsets that are stuck in yesterday. And the people would make a choice right now to move forward into the new of today. They'd move forward into the new that you have for their lives, Lord God. Father, I want to thank you, Jesus, that there are amazing things ahead for us, your church, Lord God. But we've got to make that choice to say yes and to move from the past into the new. So with every eye shut in this house this morning, if you're saying, God, I want to move into the new that you have for me this morning, will you make a response? Will you put your hand up? Will you say, yes, Jesus, I want to move from the past and into the new? I see your hands. Come on. God sees your hands this morning. Thank you, church. Thank you, church. So, Lord God, we pray that, Father. Lord God, we want to take that word into our hearts this morning. That Behold, I will do a new thing. Lord God, do a new thing in me. Let that be our hearts cry this morning. God, do a new thing in me. I want to step into the new with you. I'm no longer bound by my past. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd come and you'd heal up every broken heart in this house. Everyone who looks back with the eyes of disappointment and they would say, I'm stepping into a new thing. My God's got a new thing for me today. Thank you, Lord God, that you have that new thing for us. Let it resonate in the minds and the hearts of your church this morning, Lord God. We're saying we're stepping into the new with you. We want to be where you are, Lord God. We trust you with our lives and we thank you that you're doing a new thing in your church and in your people. Thank you, Jesus.